Well, this other UFC fighter comes walking in, sits down, and just starts eating the limes. Oh! <laughs> All right, we're back for another episode of Involuntary Yoga. We got a special episode for you today. And I got uh, I got some stories for you, Maddie. You got stories, bro. I got stories. I love stories. We're gonna this week. We're gonna do stories, whether you want to call it confessions of a UFC fighter, stories from my MMA past. Um, you know, I've I've honestly always kept kind of a log of some of these hilarious stories or crazy stories that have happened over the years because I was like, what if I want to write a book one day or something? Locker room confessions. Yeah, they're not all in the locker room, but some of them are. <laughs> but I mean, I get I get punched in the head, so I figured. I might as well write them down just in case, you know, because That's I smart of you. slowly rem- might forget. Um, anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. My co-host today is Maddie Ghost. He's usually the man behind the, the computer doing all the work. And now we've got Easton here. They both edit for us. They do all the behind the scenes work because I don't know how to do any of the tech stuff. I just You're talk. getting good, though. Yeah, you know, I can open emails. And I show them to attach a file today. It was pretty cool. <laughs> Tech is not my thing, but anyways, let's just jump right into this. Um, man, where do, where do I even start? You know, with story one. Yeah, chapter one. MMA chapter memoirs. One. I've got so many, but I just figure people always ask. You know, like, hey, what are some crazy things that have happened? Um, so going back, one of the first things that comes to mind, and this one was kind of out there, is if you go back to UFC 158 in Montreal. It was GSP versus Nick Diaz. And I was on that card. I was the first fight on the pay-per-view. Fight of the night? I did not get fight of the Damn, night. You should have. I should have. I mean, Dana even tweeted about my fight. Like, hats off. What was it? It was like hats off to Nick Ring and Chris Camozzi for just going to the center and throwing down for three rounds. And nice. I was like, hook it up with that check. Yeah, dude. <laughs> he not didn't. a tweet? He didn't. I should have tweeted him back. You can't catch a tweet. Yeah. Um, but going back to that fight, man, there was a ton of controversy. Um, I know you don't follow MMA as much, but I know those matter. names. Well, that's good. At least you know those names. I know names. Yeah, I just superstars. don't know much. I'm, that's my <laughs> confession. That's why I'm learning the stories. Um, there was a bunch of controversy on this fight, and I know it's way in the past and um, not exactly relevant news, but I figured it's some fun insight. Um, during the weigh-ins, um, when GSP went to weigh-in, so – First off, with title fights, only title fights, you have to be, so the, the weight limit, it, it's a welterweight, right? So you have to be 170.0 or less, okay, with title fights. Okay. With non-title fights, you get a pound allowance. So you could be 170.9. <clears throat> so when GSP weighed in, he was, I think he was like 170.3 or something like that. And to a lot of people, that doesn't really matter. They're like, oh, 0.3 pounds. And like performance wise, doesn't matter. Not really, but it's the fact that if I have to cut weight and I have to make a certain weight, then my opponent should as well. So your respect thing, not just a respect. Well, like one, it's the rule, and two, um, that's just part of the game. You know, like I said, point three pounds doesn't matter to a lot of people, but in fighting with the UFC, if you miss weight by any, it could be by point one, you lose. You're automatically deducted twenty percent of your purse, and it goes to your opponent. So if you account for how much money GSP makes in a fight, like, I don't know, four or five million dollars, whatever he is making, 20% of that is, that's a lot. Um, So anyways, GSP weighs in and he was a bit over, but nobody said anything. So the athletic commission who sanctions everything runs it. They're in charge of the weigh-ins. They didn't say anything. And 
mind you, GSP is a Canadian hero. Um, and this was in Montreal. So Nick Diaz is like, wait a minute, he, he's overweight. He missed weight. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. There's a, there's a loophole here in Montreal where you get a pound allowance. And he's like, not, not for title fights. No time ever has there been an allowance for a title fight. So he, he obviously starts bitching about it, which I would too. Um, because normally if a champion or it's a title fight and they miss weight, then the person who made weight can fight for the title, but the other person cannot win the title. And if they're the champion, they lose the belt. So mm. GSP won the fight anyway. So technically he should have still been stripped of the title. Even if Nick had won, Nick could have been champion and GSP can't, but I don't know what happened. All I know is when I'm sitting there at weigh-ins, I was sitting in the stands because before and after weigh-ins, you know, like the arena's empty. Nobody's there. All the fighters and coaches and everybody are there just doing their thing, doing the weigh-ins. And um, so I'm sitting in front of Nick Diaz and his team and Mike Mersh, who used to be the UFC attorney, comes over and he's kind of like whispering to Nick like, no, he made it. It's fine. Um he gets a pound allowance and Nick and his team are like, no, no, he doesn't. And they're trying to like sweep it under the rug. Um, nothing ever came of it, but a lot of people back then were coming at Nick saying that he was just paranoid, this and that, but I heard it firsthand. Yeah. yeah. I'm sitting wow, right James. there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Look at us. We're so in sync, bro. Um, it's just an interesting story. You know, it's kind of weird. It's, this is sports, you know, there's always been shady stuff in sports throughout history and I think that that's one of them because it was it's it's super weird to this day I've never heard of any other commission allowing any kind of allowance on the weight and it is a big deal um, for titles fights at least yeah yeah other than that um everywhere else you know non-title fight is what 0.9 they call it a pound but you technically get 0.9 allowance is it Simon bare knuckle too yeah yeah wow. pretty much local everything but not title fights. Even locally on a title fight, you have to weigh the exact weight. Um, so it's just interesting. I know, like I said, that's not really a relevant topic anymore, but just some insight there. Like I heard it firsthand, so it wasn't Nick Diaz being paranoid. The UFC legal team, all of them were telling him like all these things. And like reassuring him? Like, oh, like trying it. to slide it by. Um, you know, and later it came out, there were rumors that GSP was saying after he won, like how sick he was, he had the flu, everything. So it all makes sense why he probably didn't make weight because he didn't make weight. Okay, yeah. But just an interesting story to start this thing off. Um, man, I don't know. Did you read any of these I sent you? No, I, once you said that I was going to be on, I'm on to make him a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Is Nick the younger brother to Nate or the older brother? The older brother. Okay. Yeah. Nate's still fighting. Nick, I think, might be. I'm not sure. He came back and he had lost the fight to Robbie Lawler. And now I'm not sure. But, man, I'll tune in anytime those guys fight because they're entertaining yeah. as Nate's hell. Are you a closer friend to GSP or the Diaz's? I don't really know GSP. I mean, I've met him at fights and stuff before. I've been on cards with him. Um, but I do like the Diaz's. I've, I've spent some time with both of them. Um, Nate was just recently at my jiu-jitsu gym. Yeah, he did like a clinic, right? Last after, summer, yeah. He did after a, we um, shot the Yeti thing, he was like coming the next day or something. Yeah, they're, they're great dudes to me. Um, you know, they've always been cool by me. Here's another one, story time. I'm stealing that from Burt Kreischer. Chapter two. <laughs> I love this story. Um, so I'm fighting in Chicago, 
at the United Center. I'm actually fighting Dustin Jacoby, who we know. No his, way. Yeah, his wife used the to boy. work here with us. Um, and he's one of my best friends. But at the time when we were fighting, we were fighting in Chicago. And I'm in the locker room. And this was a stack card. It was like Rashad Evans against Phil Davis. Chael Sonnen was fighting Michael Bisbing. Um, Damian Maya was fighting, I think it was Chris Weidman. It was a crazy card. It was the it was UFC on Fox two, so it was the second time on Fox back when UFC first got like a huge TV deal and they were off Spike. Um, oh yeah, I remember Spike. And I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw Chael out there, even though he's he's my buddy, and I think he would find this story hilarious too. I can't remember if I've ever even asked him about it. I don't know if he did it on purpose or what. So I'm in the locker room with Chael, Damian Maya. I don't remember who else is there. I already fought. <clears throat> And after you fight, you can sometimes go out in the stands. Other times, you just chill in the locker room. They have TVs and you stuff. You made Jacoby tap, right? Yeah. Nice. Ten-finger guillotine. I know that one. Yeah. I should have got a bonus for that one, too. Um, it was the first time that's ever been hit in the UFC. Um, but, yeah, okay, so I won, and I'm in the locker room. I'm happy. I'm hanging out. I'm with my team. We're watching the fights. And Chael already fought, right? Now, mind you, actually, I'll even rewind this before. This is kind of how we first met. He gets to the venue. And he's like going through his stuff and he's like, I don't have a cup. I forgot my cup. And since I already fought, I think we had met in the sauna. Like, like here's a lucky cup right now. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, hey, do you have a cup I can borrow? So I gave him mine. I was like, look, you don't have to borrow it. You can have it. Yeah. I don't need it back. If you want it, you can have it. Um, he did try to give it back after too. And I was like, I own my own, <laughs> like dripping. My own store <laughs> and I just won. I can definitely afford a cup. It's good. You keep it. Um, but a funny story about Chael is he doesn't use towels, right? He doesn't believe in towels. He's like shake like a dog or something? Because I've, <laughs> I've lived with him before. And uh, like at his house, at the gym, everything. He gets out of the shower and he puts his clothes on soaking wet. Oh, my what? God. Yeah, it's the worst. Say so you get an, a fungal infection. I tried it because I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe. Is, when I, is there like a reason? Did he ever say like why? Yeah. Okay. So that's another. I like being story. uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I asked him and he's like, you know, I don't really know. Um, he's like a long time ago, I was training with Randy Couture and he was champion of the world and he doesn't use towels. So he's like, I stopped using towels that day. I figure if the champion of the world, it must do something. I don't know. It's a superstition or whatever, but even at his house, he'll come down like shower in the morning. I would sleep in his basement and stuff and come up getting ready to go to practice and his shirt would be like soaked because he just got out of the shower and put on a t-shirt. Oh my God. So it just looks like he sweat all over, but eventually dries, puts his jeans on soaking wet. Um, that anyways, sounds so uncomfortable. Yeah. So anyways, we are in the locker room. Chael wins his fight and he's showering and he comes walking out. And I mean, there's like 40 people in this locker room, whatever, just comes walking out <laughs> ass naked. <laughs> right? And he sees Damian Maya and I'm trying to set the picture here. Him and Damian Maya had fought before, and, you know, he was just being respectful, like, hey, Damian, how you doing? So there's, in the locker room, like, kind of like each corner, there's chairs, right? And Damian's coaches are sitting in the first three chairs, and then, or, I'm sorry, Damian's sitting in the second row, okay? So his coaches are here, Damian's here, and, like, another coach. Well, Chael walks over to him, he's like, oh, great to see you, just completely naked, dripping wet reaches over the coaches and is like shaking Damien's hand. I mean, just dick in the face, the coaches and, and he's shaking his hand and starts having like a conversation for like 
two, three minutes with it. Well, how's the family? Yeah. Yeah. It's and just, the, <laughs> the coaches are sitting there and they're just like turning their faces because they're seated and Chill's standing there leaning over them just like, you know, here in the coaches, they didn't, half of them don't speak English. They're all Brazilian. And they're literally just grimacing, turning, <laughs> trying to like get out of the way and they can't. And it's just like a normal day for Chill. Like, yeah. So how's the family? How you been? Everything. And I'm, my team and I were sitting there just watching the coaches, <laughs> like watching the coaches just squirm to get out of the way. And uh, I don't know why that just makes me laugh because knowing him, I'm like, did he do that on purpose? Or was he literally just like, just oblivious? Cause he does it all the time. Just fought, you know, kind of like on an adrenaline high. Cause he won and, I don't know, but it kills me. It looks I, like a kid walking up to his mom at the pool for a, a popsicle, just dripping. Yeah. Getting right just out of soaking it. wet. Like, and just the the look on their faces, none of them said anything. They're literally like shifting in their chairs, like trying to get out of the way, but like can't stand up because he's right there and nowhere to go. What if he explained like, oh yeah, he doesn't use towels. After yeah. I left. I'm going to get him on here one of these times and I'm going to ask him that story. The great towel debate. Yeah. We got to have it. Is it worth wearing one? Yeah. I mean. Should we just try for a week? Is that a YouTube video? I didn't Jeez, use a I'll towel fucking, for a week. I'll end up growing like mildew on my back. Yeah, dude. Shit. <laughs> That's how I feel. I would. That's how you get athlete's foot. I did it a few times because when I was staying at his house, you know, I didn't. He doesn't have a towel? I mean, he did, luckily, because I was like, man, does he not have towels? But going to the gym, I would just get out of the shower and put my clothes on, and it was a horrible feling. He's I, like, I saved $20 a year by not using a towel, dude. I only like getting out of the shower and then like, Going straight to my bed and laying down, and my hair is still kind of wet. That's the only thing I can do. Like, I like laying on that because then it makes it all cold. But I couldn't imagine walking around like my clothes sticking to me and shit. Especially uh, jeans. Oh, yeah. Nah. Like, wet jeans are the most uncomfortable Fuck thing no. ever. And yeah. socks. When I get out of the shower, I got a little space heater and I kind of like yeah. hunch over it and dry myself off like a sauna. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure, yeah, if you're listening to this, hit up Chill. Ask him why he doesn't use towels. I'm sure he'll love it. And let us know in the comment do you use towels? Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, we, let us know if you don't use so. towels. Oh, yeah, we actually want to know if you don't. I feel like there's not very many people that don't use towels, <laughs> other than Randy Couture, apparently, and Chael. There's two out there. Yeah. Friends um, of the show. Did you know drinking two sodas a day can increase your risk of dying? Fit Soda is the anti-soda. It's sugar-free, packed with electrolytes for hydration, aminos for recovery, and has absolutely zero calories. Stop treating your body like a garbage disposal and start hydrating it like the winner you are. Sorry, guys, I went for a nice long walk today. A little fit soda never hurt nobody. Have your cake and drink it, too. Pick up some fit soda today. Let's see. I really I like these. guys. Yeah, I mean, they're fun. They're short. It's hard to transition, so I'm bouncing all over then the place. Then we go chapter three. Yeah. Chapter you just have to three. say chapters in between each one. We're, we're working on the memoir right now. We're workshopping it. Yeah, I'm going to listen to this when I write my book. It's going to be a tell-all. Just feed <laughs> into AI, and they'll write it for you. There we go. Let's go delete my dumb words. Let's see. Let's fast forward. Uh... Maybe, or even rewind. I was fighting in Brazil once. Ooh. That's how every story starts. That's a good one time I was fighting in Brazil. Um, I was fighting in Rio, and I was fighting a guy named Luis Kane. And he was Brazilian. And so, you know, when you go for the UFC and you go to these towns, countries, cities, wherever, we usually find places to work out, cut weight, everything, because most hotels don't have saunas and hot tubs and everything. Some do, but... A lot in Brazil don't. We'll say that. Yeah. So I find this gym. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it. I probably wouldn't be able to pronounce it anyway. But I'm cutting weight. And when I used to cut weight to 185, it would kill me. Like I would be 
I felt like on death's bed, like dizzy, sitting there. What do you usually walk, like 200? 220. Yeah? Yeah. Damn. Big boy over here. It was a big cut, and it was miserable. Now, if you've never cut weight before, when you get close, you literally don't care. You, You don't give two shits about anything. Like, I mean, I would come out of saunas and just lay on, like, gross gym sauna floors and everything like you because you're so exhausted yeah nothing matters like you're not worried about like cleanliness you have no glucose in your yeah. brain i might have laid in like dog shit if it was there it didn't matter because i was so <laughs> tired nice and pillow. just like get out of the way so when you're cutting weight and you're that depleted you it doesn't matter right so i'm sitting in the sauna and i'm i have my team with me and i'm just like dying but all of a sudden i was like man i think i have to take a piss which is good when you're cutting weight because that's automatically like weight out of you. Two pounds out, dude. So, yeah, that's rule number one. You don't hold that in. If you got to go, you let it go. So I'm sitting there in the sauna, and there's a plastic cup with some limes in it. And nobody else is in the sauna but my team and I. And there's a plastic cup sitting there. So I'm like, hey, hand me that cup. You know, and I, like, pull my sauna suit down and everything, and I piss in this cup. Mind you, like, I'm super dehydrated. So, like, not really anything comes out. A little yeah. bit. Not much. Anyways, I piss in this cup. It looks cup. like whiskey. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you couldn't see through it, that's for sure. And so I piss in this cup, and I just go back to like dying, you know, laying there in the sauna. And that cup is sitting there. Oh. Well, this other UFC fighter, um, his name was Eric Silva, comes walking in, sits down, and just starts eating the limes. Oh. <laughs> And I didn't, like, do this on purpose. You know, I wasn't like, oh, that's somebody's cup. I'm going to take a piss in it. Like, it was just, like, last resort. You're dying, but you don't want to get out and, like, cool down because I'm sweating. I'm trying to make this weight. And so, yeah, I I piss in this cup full of limes, not knowing that it was anybody's. And I was – I probably wouldn't have thrown it away because I wouldn't even have remembered or known. I was so delusional. But my team probably would have thrown it away. Yeah. But he comes in, sits down, doesn't speak English. And just starts eating these limes. And you're like, no. And I, like, hear it and look. And then I, like, look at my coaches and stuff, and they're just like, nobody knows what to say. He doesn't speak English or anything. And what are you going to do? Be like, those are mine? Like, th- I don't <laughs> what, know. Did anybody you say like, anything? Nobody. We didn't say anything. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> he just kept eating them. That is so fucking bad. That's awesome. <laughs> and we're all just looking at each other, and I'm like, I kind of like smile for a second, then go back to dying. But <laughs> you once, need a Google Translate for that. Yeah. Like, I peed in there. <laughs> yeah, once I rehydrated and stuff, everybody was like talking about it. Like my team, they're just like, I I didn't know what to do. It just caught me off guard. He automatically grabbed me and just started eating. Like it wasn't even eating like a, limes though. That I don't know. It's weirder that he that he started eating at the pee cup, or he was just eating limes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, no, it's a tasty snack. <laughs> limes. I know, especially when you're dehydrated, because he's cutting weight too. So maybe he wouldn't have cared if I told him I pissed in it. Who knows? I don't even know. No matter what it is, if there's anything with piss on it, you can smell that and you can taste that like it's pissed. Like, I didn't know a locker room have like, a little pee tinge to especially it? Especially dehydrated like, whiskey uh, pee. Yeah, dude. I couldn't yeah. imagine him just sitting there munching. He's like, oh, this is a good year. <laughs> yeah. it was. These are ripe. <laughs> I, I've never put that story out until now. So, hey, Eric, if you're listening to this on Google Translate, it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> oh there's some weird shit happens you know it um yeah that's a good chapter three bro yeah we just start this (laughs) podcast with that yeah it was total accident but 
I think he won, so you're welcome, Eric. Yeah, because <laughs> I won too. It's in the juice. It was Lucky P. Um, that same fight, right? So here's another story. People always ask about injuries and getting fixed up and yada, yada. A lot of people don't realize a lot of the medical stuff can be done in the arena after the fight. Right? Like in the locker room and stuff? Yeah. Or they have like their own setup? They bring doctors. Like everything. a med tent at a festival? Yeah, but better. Cool. Like the UFC, <laughs> but way better. The UFC, I would say, is one of the best as far as like taking care of the fighters and stuff. Um, I've fought in shows before, like LA and everything. They have plastic surgeons underneath stitching people. You know, wow. And if you don't know, there's a big difference between how a regular doctor stitches and a plastic surgeon. I mean, they'll use tiny stitches and they're so good at not having scarring. Well, there's that Dana White story about his daughter got bit by their mastiff. Oh, really? And it pulled her ear off. Whoa. And he rushed home and uh, got her to like a plastic surgeon, not a regular doctor. He like brought one of the plastic surgeons with him. Oh, shit. And he's like, fix this ear. God. It was like a big dog. It wasn't even a mastiff. It was like a bigger one, a King Corso or something they have. Oh, really? And a bitter ear. Poor girl. Yeah, Dana can get the best medical out there. So the UFC is great at having a medical staff. I mean, they have, there's been times I've had to go to an ophthalmologist from an eye injury in basically the middle of the night. Like, they have people on call um, and the best of the best. Now, when you go to other countries this story actually comes from the same fight so in brazil so after i peed in the limes made weight then i fought i won um but i broke my nose and i got a cut on my nose like on the bridge of my nose i still have a little scar there thanks to these guys now when you go to another country the ufc flies some doctors they bring that actually work for the promotion that are great doctors and then they get local people to work the event so I get out of the ring. I win. Um, it was a it was a fun fight, especially for me. But like right at the end is when I broke my nose. I think it was the last punch of the fight, mm. and I had this cut. So I go in the back, and I'm in the medical area, and there's a group of like three doctors, and none of them speak English. You know, it's Brazil, and I shouldn't expect everybody to speak English or anything. But these three doctors have me lay on this table. And I tell them, like, broke my nose, yada, yada, yada. Well, they stand there, and they're all, like, talking with each other, and they keep grabbing my nose like, like this. It hurts. Like, thumb, and, and then they're, like, pulling it, like, moving my head. And I keep, like, grabbing their hand and pulling it away from my face. Every time one of them goes to grab it after they bent it a few times, I was, like, grabbing their wrists and, like, pulling it off. And I'm, like, yelling at them, like, stop grabbing my fucking that nose. That hurts, bro. Yeah. And finally, I tell my coach, I'm, like, go get the translator. Because the UFC will have translators all over the back. I'm like, go get the translator. So he comes back with this this poor girl. And she comes walking in the room. She sees the cut on my face and everything. And she starts, like, gagging. She's like, oh, they didn't tell me there would be blood. Like, just here to translate. (laughs) Had a fight, though. (laughs) Yeah. But I I tell her, because I'm mad by now. Like, they're just grabbing my busted nose that hurts like hell. And I was like, you tell him if he grabs my nose again, I'm going to knock his fucking teeth out. So she says something. So then they they stop grabbing it. They get me ready to stitch, right? And then the next thing I feel, because I'm laying there like with my eyes closed, is just this like horrible pain. The doctor grabbed the flap oh. here and just cut it off. Where normally you stitch, right? I'm no doctor, but I've had a shitload of stitches. And I know how they do it, and I've seen them done. This guy cuts 
the flap off that should have been stitched over. Oh, that's so gross. With no anesthesia or anything, just straight up, like, while I'm laying there, grabs it and goes, cuts it off. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, like, jump up off the table. (laughs) And my coach is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Even he was like, you got to stitch that. And this guy just straight cut it off, right? And I'm pissed. It hurt so bad. Oh, I bet. They didn't numb it, nothing. And it was unexpected. I, I was laying there thinking they were still prepping it. And so he cuts this off, and then he proceeds to give me the worst stitches I've ever had in my life. <laughs> like, so it was on my nose. He's, you should have told me you were going to knock him out. Oh, God. To be like, <laughs> I know. You should have told her, like, I think he's very nice and handsome and do a good job to my nose, please. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so kindness goes a long way, bro. Yeah, right? That's a life lesson right there. Don't, don't talk shit to the person with the knife and yeah. needles and everything who's about to work oh on you. Um, yeah, so he gives me these stitches like a spider web. I've never had stitch Like, normally they're just in a line. Yeah. He, he did one this way. It's like way. a new girdle with a sewing machine. Yeah, it was like one up and down, one across, and then diagonal through. It was like six stitches all over the place. Now, mind you, the skin is gone, so the stitches just literally run over the cut. Ouch. So when I look in the mirror, I'm like, there's, there's no Stitches are there. meant to close the skin, and then it, like, heals. So there's nothing there. It's just over the cut. Where'd they get these doctors, like Home Depot? It's a third world country. Bro. Um, so stitches me up. I'm like, oh, awesome. Thank you. Go. I leave. Well, my nose gets like horribly infected. Oh, yeah, Dude, no I doubt. just had like a scab on my face and it was like super infected. I stayed a few more days in Rio. And when I get home, I can't get the stitches out. It's like infected and gross. And sorry, it's a gross story a little bit. It just looks disgusting, like a big like scab on my face kind of. And it's like over the stitches. So I go see my doctor and she's like, where in the hell did you get these stitches? <laughs> she's like, I've never seen... A stitch job like this. Like, I mean, literally like a spider web, like all over. Like he was trying to pull it closed almost. Yeah. And she's like, I, I can't really get these out without kind of tearing the scab and stuff too. So then it just like prolonged the healing. And that's why I have the scar. Um, luckily, it's not too bad. But I've never even noticed. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. You look great. Don't look at my nose enough. It's not cute enough. <laughs> I don't have that butt nose that all <laughs> the other UFC fighters have. Yeah. Um, but. Oh, I still remember that. Yeah, let's go back to the wieners and pee-pee stories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What's another one I had? Like That was the same trip. So it was a wild trip. Rio, man. Brazil is fun, but it's it's always... uh, They party hard there? Oh, yeah. After that fight, (laughs) I went out partying. And, yeah, I didn't even have this on my list, but I go out. So my coach was Brazilian, right? Um, My jiu-jitsu coach back in the day. Diego Marais, he owned uh, a couple gyms out in Brazil. His brother is like a super famous competitor out there. He's like, oh, I'll take you out. Like, so we go to this club. And very weird. This, this would not work in America. But when you go, we're in line at this club. We go in. And when you walk in, it's kind of like going into like customs or immigration. It's like airport security. So you walk in, there's a booth. And then both doors close. So you're in the booth, and then there's a person in the window. You hand them your ID and all this stuff, and then they give you, um, like, a blank black card. So it was like a hotel key, right? So all night at the club, luckily Diego told me because I, I like to party after I fight, and um, he's like, 
don't use that card. Don't use it for anything. I'll, I'll get everything. So everybody gets one. There's no credit check or anything. It's basically credit. You can buy bottles on it. You can do everything. But you have to pay when you leave. They keep they you locked lock in. you in the box. They put that card in, and it shows exactly how much you charged. So you don't really know how much you're spending, yeah. or some people don't. And nothing bad happened to us. Like, Diego is great, and, like, we put it all in one, and he kind of kept track. Plus, he speaks the language, so that helps. But I was asking him, because recently, um, I think this was, like, a year or so after, there was a fire in a club in Brazil. Same kind of thing. Like, the place was on fire, and they were literally, there's a line of people trying to get out, but they won't let them out. They're checking people out one by one while the place is burning down, and a bunch of people died. Because they're like, yeah, they had to. You didn't like, fucking pay your bill, dude. Like, yeah. what you want? <laughs> Imagine the workers in there are like, well, fuck it, we better hurry. <laughs> like, we got to mop up before we leave. But you're like locked in there. Um, That's so scary. Yeah, so we were, we were there. I remember, I didn't know what time it was. And then all of a sudden, like shutters come up or like blinds come up. And it's daylight. Is it a day party now? <laughs> I was there all night. I was back at the hotel for breakfast in the morning. Had no idea that we had been there all night because everything was black. It's dark. Yeah. And <laughs> I asked Diego though, I was like, what happens if you get like really drunk? I mean, we've seen people at bars out here that, you know, skip out on their tabs or whatever. And he's like, Oh, you don't do that. He's like, They'll take you in the back and kill you or like beat the shit out what of you. The like fuck? Things that you can't get away with in America, like, but basically, yeah, if you're not paying attention and you're just like buying, 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 then having to not have any money, they're not just like here in America, you can call the police or kind of like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Not there. Um, so, yeah, be careful. Wow. Here we go. I don't know if every club's like that, but the one we went to was, and it was interesting. Let's see. Has Easton ever heard the one about you getting a Falcon? I always fleetingly hear some shit about it, but I've never heard the real thing. The whole Falcon, the Falconeer's tale. Mm-hmm. We've always <laughs> mentioned it. We've never had. I never f- got one. I wanted to. I was in Qatar and I was thinking about getting one. I just won. And you were training a guy, right? Too. That's who brought you out. Uh, I was teaching a seminar. My buddy Chase and I got flown out there. Um, we got to go with um, one of the sheiks out there. We say sheik. They say sheik. He's like um, a prince. Yeah, somewhere in the royal family. Um, but I got to go out to uh, Qatar, teach a seminar, and I just made a bunch of money. I beat um, Joe Riggs. It was like a highlight knockout. I got the bonus, everything. Most money I've ever made in a night, and it was like 26 seconds or something. So we're out there, and I was like, man, we're, we're walking around the marketplace, and they have they called it the Falcon Sook. And there's all these like falcons with little hoods on. Yeah, like covering and I was eyes. Like, Dude, I want one of those so bad. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I was just being a young idiot. I was just thinking I could buy one and it's like in your some, apartment. <laughs> my buddy talked me out of it, but it was like a couple grand, and I was like, "How sick would that be, though?" Like, I was like, "I don't how know how to get, get it, it back." Yeah, but, so I'm wondering. You have to check your falcon. There's a famous picture online of a Saudi prince who rented an entire plane, and on all the seats, there's like falcons just perched on there. That's so it's sick. big out there. They love they love like falconing or probably got a big mice problem. Yeah, but I never got it. Miller always says like you bought a falcon. I never bought it. Um, I wanted to though. That would be an awesome pet, or I think it would be an awesome pet. It probably wouldn't. But those things are just like 
death missiles. Yeah, because that's what they do when they hunt with them. They have a hood on, and you wear like that glove. And when there's like birds flying, I guess you pull the hood off, and that falcon shoots up in the sky and like basically like a missile, like kills the bird, and the bird dies, like falls out of the sky. And they eat the bird, huh? And then they eat the bird. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they call it falconing. I don't know falconer. I was definitely that's a cool nickname, the falconer. I'm pretty sure it's a children's book. I walk out to my next fight with one on my shoulder. <laughs> yes, dude. Dude, dude, those sick. things, beaks and like talons were huge. I was oh trying. If you had a big falcon come out, that's the ultimate mind game. Your <laughs> other guy. <laughs> I know. I, my buddy talked me out of it, which is great. Thank you, Chase. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, after that, I was like, all right, well, I'll give you 500 bucks to go pet that thing right now. There's one like. It had a hood on, but it was, like, following us because it could hear us with its head, and it was just sitting on this, like, uh. perch. I'm like, go touch it. And he kept, like, walking near it, and that thing would, like, dart its head. <laughs> he's like, no. Dude, they're <laughs> terrifying looking. finger bit off. <laughs> oh, God. The beak on those things is massive and just, like, a razor blade. I wanted to see him go pet it and just get his finger taken off. <laughs> Dude, that That's what I do to be. my friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun pastime. That's why I could never be a billionaire. I'd want to pay my friends to do all kinds of dumb shit. Um, let's see. You want another kind of gross medical one? Let's do it. All right. Easton loves those. I'm always here for that. Last one. So I'm fighting. I got plenty more of these. So if you like this kind of episode, let me know. I mean, I've got hundreds of them written down. I just picked a couple, but I'm fighting Dan Kelly in Melbourne, Australia. We say Melbourne. They say Melbourne. Melbourne. I like to say no. like the locals. Melbourne. In Australia. He's an Australian guy. Um, and I cut him with an elbow standing in the first round. I cut him really, really bad. Oh, on his eye? No, his forehead and, like, scalp. It was a big-ass cut. Right when I hit him with the elbow, he, like, backs up, grabs his head, and, like, blood starts, like, squirting out. And it's just, like, running everywhere. So fast forward to, I think it's the second round. Maybe it was still that round. He managed to, like, take me down. And when he took me down, he's like over the top oh, of me, no. and like like a faucet. You said it was some water fountain. Oh Dude, god, blood is just like pouring everywhere, right, Ugh. all over me, and I'm not bleeding at all. <laughs> and I'm like turning my face, everything like it's in my mouth, in my eyes, <laughs> all like I'm covered. He's covered. It got so bad, like so. The fight went to a decision between rounds. We're trying to like wipe my eyes. I couldn't see. Because blood, you know, when it dries, it gets yeah, all, all sticky. My eyes were, like, stuck Coagulated. Shut. Yeah, and it was everywhere. Like, Fuck, dude. He's waterboarding you with this fucking blood. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kept, like, having to back up when we were standing and trying to wipe my eyes. And I'm, like, telling the ref, I'm, like, I can't fucking see. Like, <laughs> can I get a towel? And so it goes to a decision, right? And, man, once I get to the back, like, so the medical stuff again, I lose the decision. Um, somehow, I still don't know. But... I go to the back of the medical and I like can't open my eyes. They're just like stuck shut. I can kind of see and they have to like lay me down. They're like saline rinsing my eyes, everything wiping them. It was disgusting. I had to take, I don't know, like three showers in the locker room because it was just get everywhere. all this blood off. Even worse, like it, I'd take my mouthpiece out. It's, my mouthpiece is covered in blood. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was your reparations for making that guy drink pee. Yeah, I guess got me back. <laughs> yeah, dude, karma's a bitch. But yeah, so blood everywhere. I mean, I mean everywhere. When I take my shit off, you know, you wear a jock and cup and everything. It was soaked red and blood. Like threw it away. It, it, like it had run down me. 
into my cup everywhere. There's blood all over the place. Well, I ended up getting a really bad, like, sinus infection. Fucking staph infection or something? Uh, it was a sinus infection. So uh. when I saw the doctor, they were like, <clears throat> what'd they say? You have another man's blood in here. Like foreign blood in your body or whatever. Uh. It, like, your body's trying to fight it off. Oh. So, like, my face, everything was, like, kind of swollen, hurt. And I had, like, ingested so much of his blood, like, mouth in my nose. Because you're breathing hard, too. Yeah. You know? You're, like, out yeah. of breath. So, like, shit's going up. And when I was flying home... Right as the plane started to, to descend, I don't know what happened. I thought I was having an aneurysm. All of a sudden, like, you know, the pressure of the plane, I guess, were coming down, and I just get, like, jolted back in my seat. It was, like, the worst, like, headache, pain I'd ever had, like, instantaneous. And I'm, like, gripping the seat, and I'm, like, what the fuck is going on? I thought I was, literally, I thought I was, like, dying, having an aneurysm. It was probably, like, three minutes I'm like sweating and like holding the seat, just squeezing as hard as I can. And people like, next to me are like, he's afraid of flying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. The people next to me were looking at me and I like can't move. It's I'm okay, just, sweetie. We'll be down. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you get a brain freeze, you can't like, you can't talk, you can't function. You're just like, ah, it was like that, but yeah. times like a hundred. You had a blood freeze. And I was like, this is how I die on the plane. Like you're going to stroke out or have a, I don't know. But yeah, I saw the doctor getting back and that's when, that was when I found out like, Sinus infection, all that stuff because of essentially, I forget how they worded it, but like somebody else's blood that didn't belong in my body. I was trying to mix. <laughs> Being ingested. <laughs> Ew. It's probably like up your nose and like swimming around your brain. Oh, God. It was horrible. My mouth's like watering from it. Yeah. It doesn't really gross me out that much, but it's just like, I don't Going know. Back to Are you a vampire or something? Yeah. <laughs> That's why whenever like training people are like, oh, sorry, like. Sweating, sweaty, or whatever, or if anybody outside of like training and everything is like, "Oh, sorry, this is gross," or "That's gross," or whatever. I'm like, people bleed in my mouth. You're like, I got to worry. Sick from somebody else's blood in my body. I compete in one of the grossest sports around, so I'm not really worried about your bo or whatever. Let's end it on that one. Um, Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, thanks for sitting in. Of course, the man behind the cameras in front. It's kind of comfortable here. Houston too. So, yeah, if you guys like the clips we put out and everything, these two guys are the ones that chop them up. We got Maddie Ghost and Easton. Thank you guys for joining me. If you like this kind of style of podcast, man, I have got plenty more stories. I've got way better ones, too. I just treaded light on some of these. Yeah, we got to build it up. <laughs> yeah. You can't give all your sauce away up front. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you think. If you like this style, you know, in between guests, I can do ones like these. If you have questions, feel free to shoot them in. And then, as always, thank you to Fit Soda. Check out fitsoda.com. They're the reason that we can have this podcast. Plus, I work at the company, so drink them because they're better for you. Like and subscribe because my job depends on it. Big time. Knowing that. Diamonds in my teeth. I got a lot of shine.